Day 22. Today, the spotlight of the sporting world turns to Tokyo. In 1964, competitors from Northern Europe and Canada brought seeds of trees native to their lands to the Tokyo Olympics. The Olympic rings featured in the opening ceremony in Tokyo 2020 were made from wood harvested from 160 spruce and pine trees that grew from these seeds. They were created using the traditional Japanese woodworking style of Yasegi Zaiku. I like this affirmation of culture shaping something precious that was brought from another place as a gift and was nurtured through the years. It reminds me of a grace we used to sing at SU Camp in Scotland that was called Johnny Appleseed after the eponymous orchardist, conservationist and preacher. Well, the Lord's been good to me and so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need, the sun, the rain and the apple seed. The Lord's been good to me. And every seed I sow will grow into a tree, and someday there'll be apples there for everyone in the world to share. The Lord is good to me. Today I'm thankful for the longer-term perspective that seeds bring, and I'm hopeful that as young people sing at summer camps across Canada, and indeed around the world, that they will experience the goodness of the Lord, give thanks, and that there will be seed planted that bears fruit and blesses future generations and lasts for eternity. Psalm 22 is another longer psalm that takes us back into self-examination and questioning God. Do you know what you are doing, Lord? When we are disorientated and feel lost, it can easily turn to accusations against God. Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far away? Why do you not answer me? Our anguish and pain causes us to question the presence of God and the love of God. It is a spiral that can quickly spin out of control. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. 
Many bulls surround me. Strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions that tear their prey open, their mouths wide against me. I'm poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my people in the assembly. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honour him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfil my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. David is feeling stress. He's experiencing anguish and is not sleeping well. The answer is not to count sheep, but to recount what God has done in the past, trying to find a reliable marker to navigate by. Rest the panic that comes from feeling lost. David reminds himself of who God is by remembering his acts in history. God is still the king and is worthy of praise. In the past, the people trusted in him and were delivered. They cried out and were saved. David repeats the theme of trust. They trusted in you and were not put to shame. Who do you trust? Trusting in God is the right and only thing to do. But David is struggling to reconcile this truth with his present reality. This cognitive dissonance is expressed in his feelings that he is a worm, not a man. From this worm's eye view comes a perspective of being scorned and despised, of being universally mocked, discounted and insulted. 
This mockery finds a particular focus in questioning David's trust in the Lord and the Lord's ability to rescue or deliver him. This attack is directed at the focal point of David's relationship with God. It is designed to sow doubt in the midst of the discord and points out the foolishness of David's belief in God. Internal dialogue that we listen in on is about, can I trust God? And how do my present circumstances fit with a bigger picture and a wider experience of God? David knows that God has watched over him his whole life, that David's trust in God was initiated by God. The Lord who gave life also made trust and dependency on him part of the tapestry of David's life from his earliest days. He asks that God will be near him now because he is surrounded by trouble and has no one to help. His description of being surrounded by bulls and lions speak of feelings of being overpowered, intimidated and a fear of being trampled and consumed. He is being poured out like water. He has lost all shape and coherence. His bones are out of joint, his heart is melted and his mouth is dry. It is an awful picture of disruption and imminent death. Nothing is working properly. He is literally falling apart. He is laid down in the dust of death. He does not feel that his earlier experience of God is real now. The hyperbole continues with dogs and villains surrounding him. There is such an array of creatures around him that he has no hope of escape and no ability to fight. His bones are on display. People stare and gloat and divide his clothes and cast lots for his garment. Here David is imagining how his life will end. It is a picture of death and the aftermath where the last few possessions are taken away. David did not understand, in considering how his life might end, that he was looking forward to how a king would die much later, that one of his line would be stared at and humiliated. He would be mocked with a crown of thorns, taunted on his way to execution, and stared at as his bones were clearly visible, hanging on the cross. This foreshadowing of the death of Jesus is seen not just in his clothes being gambled over. The first words of the psalm are one of the utterances of Jesus on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This psalm, where an innocent man condemned, surrounded, mocked and facing death, resonates from King David to the one who will sit on his throne forever. It ends not with despair, but with a growing hope that God will not abandon him. It is a bold declaration. You are my strength. Come quickly to rescue me. Deliver me from the sword. Rescue me from the power of the dogs, the mouths of the lions, the horns of the oxen. David will praise God in the assembly. God has not despised, he has not hidden, he has listened. There is future hope where people together will praise the Lord. The theme of this praise is God himself. The poor will eat and be satisfied, those who seek will find and live forever. 
The ends of the earth will turn to God. Families and nations, future generations will tell of the Lord. The words of this psalm do not just find resonance with the death of Jesus, they resonate with the life of Jesus, the mission of Jesus and the kingdom of God. The psalm finishes in a very different place from where it started. Generations as yet unborn will hear God's righteousness proclaimed. Most astonishingly, he has done it. All that is hoped for has already been done. God keeps his word. God can be trusted. What God promises is guaranteed. The Lord does not change. I am up and down like David. I doubt, question and fear. When I am down and squishy, my worm's eye view is not the true perspective. I am not a worm. I have eyes to see, a mind to think, a heart that beats and legs to stand. So rather than wriggle along, I choose to trust. And that trust is not misplaced because God is true, is trustworthy and can be trusted yesterday, tomorrow and today.